Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. The DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. Well, um, you come here to get, uh, I don't know, a, a positive outlook on things, <laughs> regardless of what happens, then uh, I guess I can, you know, start off by saying at least we didn't get shut out. You know, there's that. You don't get, you know, look at there, there is that. That was the one thing that uh, was positive, and it was actually what it was tied, right? Wasn't it uh, three to three at one point? And um, yeah, it, uh, it 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 that would that would be as close as it would as it would get as uh, our beloved orange helmets fall today to the Houston Texans uh, by a final. I, I was actually not very surprised to. Um, that that I mean, I, okay. I don't want to say it like that. I, I predicted um, th- that it was going that it wasn't going to be close. Uh, but I mean that even with that, you know, going into the game, you know, you make the prediction, you know, and I, and I'm I'm part of the group that you know gives one every week, you know, for the article with Chris. So I kind of I give the prediction, but that doesn't mean that I still don't hope that I'm wrong, right? Like I say that um, that I think we're going to get the hell knocked out of us, but that doesn't mean that you know I I don't you know like like I. I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody, but I think that there are individuals out there in life. I mean, not just about uh, sports or the Browns necessarily, but that they would rather be right than uh, for good to happen. In other words, uh, would rather be right about um, something that they think about the Browns rather than the Browns being good. Um, which not not I'm not I'm just I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, and uh, certainly not. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to. There's no shutting Friday going on here today either, uh, vis-a-vis the whole um, conversation uh, with respect to Deshaun Kaiser and uh, uh, Kevin Hogan now. But I, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, I, I would rather have much rather have been wrong about predicting the final score than uh, be be right and then say, yeah, I'm, I was right about that. About that. So hey, look at me. I mean, I, I would have much rather come in, you know, come here today and be like, hey, guess what, guys? Uh, you know, I was dead wrong. I could not have been more wrong than I was about uh, the whole situation with, uh, you know, the 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 team with Hogan. With I mean, I okay, I didn't predict that Hogan was going to be that bad. Holy smokes, that was. That was that was embarrassing. I mean, let's just be honest. And again, not 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 coming here, not trying to uh, you know impound the. Ch- I didn't. I did not, for example, say that Hogan was going to be that bad uh, coming into the game. My my contention all along was that it wasn't really worth the time to invest on the guy because I didn't see a an NFL caliber starter there based on you know the the stuff that you that you see you know the 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 projection coming out of college and then you know that that goes a long way towards any quarterback that you're looking at um for my own you know personal point of view like i said last uh, thursday though or whatever day it was that all this uh, broke that you know i I, i'm willing more i'm happy to i would prefer actually to seed my opinion on these matters and uh, go with what hugh thinks instead because i trust his view on this certainly more than than my own but uh it be, be that as it may i i just didn't think that hogan was a guy worth investing on so but if you does then all right fine let's go and like i said you know we got now we got to see what this guy can do we're gonna have to give him the full support <laughs> but i mean that was you know that without that that was 
All right. I mean, honestly, ask yourself: when Johnny Manziel started against the Bengals in uh, in 2014, um, was it was was the game was was his game worse, better, or about the same as what Hogan did today? Particularly in the first half, there really wasn't a whole lot uh, in the second. By that point, they were up by so much they just leaned on us. You know, McCordy had the nice play in the fourth quarter, uh, making the score look a little bit more respectable. But, um, you know, I, offensively, it wasn't respectable at all. I mean, it was just, um, it, it was, it was, you know, I mean, the game started off, you know, not looking too bad. I mean, Hogan, first off, Hogan coming out. Uh, you know, and, and and you know the whole. If, if if you don't if you don't know for some reason, if you didn't know the backstory, Hogan named the starter on Wednesday because of Deshaun Kaiser's poor performance. Uh, supposedly, you know, he's put in because you know he because Kaiser just comes in, or because Hogan can come in, he just scores points. Well, you know, some of us were like, well, you know, sometimes when you bring in a backup quarterback, he can do that because the team, you know, that. Uh, the defense that he's playing against was practicing the whole week for the starter. And not only that, for some guys that that do have some nominal talent, um, they're able to be effective because um, they, they, you know, defenses don't know enough about them that they can even go for a while. Hoyer went for a while before I think there was enough game film on him for NFL defenses to really figure out how best to defend against him. And I don't think that he's ever really... um, overcome that as an NFL quarterback well you know it took the Texans defense you know all of one week but I don't really know that the Texans really did anything to um you know I, I'm not really sure that that they that it was anything that they did that that made Hogan's performance it wasn't like they just so out schemed Hugh that uh you know that that it all just fell fell apart for uh, Kaiser as, or because of, uh, Hogan as a result uh, for me, I, I'm, what I'm looking at is that Hogan. I mean, that interception to Jonathan Joseph. That really, the, it was the backbreaker. I mean, we're down ten to three, and we're driving the ball down the field, and really, I mean, we go in, we score a touchdown there, and everybody is, you know, then okay, cool, we're not, you know, we're, you know, we're in this thing. It'll be a tie game at that point. No, Hogan throws. You know, and it was really it was two in a row. It was two passes in a row. He had threw, you know, he kind of airmailed a pass to uh, Devalve, uh, just terrible pass, but you know, d- just fell harmlessly incomplete. Well, the very next play, almost, I mean, as far as where he was throwing it to, about a carbon copy of the play before. Only this time he's going to Duke, and balls way over Duke's head and just lofts it just softly into the arms of Jonathan Joseph, who, you know, is apparently he's been struggling this year, but he didn't struggle at all. Uh, you know, going 70, however many yards, I think it was 79 yards for a touchdown, and it was over. The game was over right then and there. Now, I think that um, on the next possession, uh, Hogan threw another interception. It was a lollipop that was up in the air, and uh, the linebacker came down for for the Texans. Um, I mean, it was just, it was it, again, it was, a, it was a terrible pass. I say lollipop, a lot of times people... Um, associate that with uh arm strength you know it, and on one hand i'm not i've not i've never been one that um puts a, just ultimate stock in arm strength i mean I, i'm not saying that it's not important i just think that you need a baseline uh you know effectiveness at the nfl level and but i mean you don't it doesn't need to be Spectacular! You don't need a 95-mile-an-hour fastball necessarily. Be that as it may, I think that, you know, Hogan's arm, one of the reasons that I wasn't really too concerned about him coming into this game, oh, concerned, maybe that's not the right word, but um, I, I held out some hope that, yeah, maybe this could work. It, not a whole lot, but, you know, a little bit anyway. Uh, it's because it did look to me like, you know, among the things that you were that you can see about the guy, it looked like he, you know, the arm was fine. The mechanics were fine. Looked like he had made several big league throws this year where it's like, all right, this looks like he's got, got it together. Uh, but for whatever reason in this one, and it was right from the beginning, it was this first pass, the one that went out there to Kaysun Williams. You know, he uh, it just fluttered, and it just looked all day today like the ball was just floating on him, and he didn't have the same sort of pop on it that looked like he had in the limited action that he's come into this year. I mean, he just he did not look at all today, to me anyway, like he had the same sort of zip on his passes that he's shown in previous... Th- so, I mean, I, w- I wonder what that's all about. Now, that's an interesting... And, and maybe it's just... Because there's no way to, way to really measure this sort of thing, so maybe it's just my eyes playing tricks on me, but I don't know, maybe you saw the same thing. 
I mean, it certainly looked to me like the, the, the balls were not getting there. Look, at, if people want to disqualify Cody Kessler because of a bad arm, I, I mean, then I don't know that anything that you see today was uh, particularly uplifting about, uh, about Hogan. I mean, it looked pretty bad. It looked, it looked, it looked really bad. I mean, it, it, I mean, well, the arm strength. And even that, though, the arm strength would be uh, fine. And with Kessler, to the extent that the arm strength is an issue, you know, with him, he's got pretty good anticipation. Uh, you know, it, it, and when uh, Peyton Manning was at the, you know, the end of his career in Denver, um, he was able to complete passes with good anticipation, just incredible anticipation because he just had played the game for so long. Um but I mean, Hogan didn't certainly did not have good anticipation today, uh, and I am just you know, obviously the game came off the rails because of that, because of the poor um, play of the quarterback. The offense struggled, put the defense in, in bad spots. The defense had its own uh, mistakes. I, you know, I'm, I'm really with the you know the, the 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 jailbreak blitzes that don't get close, and the guys are wide open for. You know, 15, 16 yards. The tight ends. I mean, whoever. I mean, seriously, for the rest of the year, if you're in, if you're in fantasy, for the rest of the year, whoever is playing against us, tight end, pick up that guy. And if it's a backup guy that you've never heard of, especially pick up that guy. He's guaranteed to get to 10, 15 points. Going, he's going to do it because for whatever reason, it's just not something that we seem to be able to overcome. Um, just like Jabril Pepper's terrible rookie season continues, and uh, he. You know, got burned on a on a. I mean, on the first on first blush, it looks like um, just a beautiful pass, beating the coverage by Deshaun Watson. And then you take a look; it's pretty pretty standard cover two that Prepper's just just really out of position and just just really gives up an easy touchdown there to uh, the, the Texans, which was their first. And then okay, that's fine. You know, you, okay, defense screws up. Uh, but then on the very next possession is when you you know you throw the pick six. Now you got both sides of the ball that are demoralized, and that was it. That was the ball game right there. Um, you know, so do you <laughs> blame the game on Hugh Jackson? Blame the game on Kevin Hogan? Blame the game? I mean, I'm, I'm going to blame the game on uh, what are we up to now? Six coaches in in four five years, something like seven coaches, whatever it is. The the carousel, the uh, the constant churn. I mean, to me, that's what it's always been about, and it's not going to continue being anything uh, other than that until we give this thing some time. And that's really where, ultimately, I, I land on all of this um, all the time, is that it's never going to get any better if we just keep abandoning what it is that we're trying to do. Uh, okay, you look at that game today. You look at uh, the final score. You look at you know how the whole thing went down. I know that... Um, <laughs> there, there's certainly, it's de- you know, it's it's disconcerting when you see you know the other team that we're playing that we have their first and second round pick next year. We could you know improve our draft by beating them, and for the third year, actually no, uh, it is well, no, it's this, it's the third time in four years. That's right, because we had Buffaloes in fourteen that we had an opportunity to do this and unable to get it done, unable to to. Uh, to beat the team they beat and today you know today was it, <laughs> it was another one of those where uh it, it wasn't especially we weren't really in it or at least didn't um you know it really it was again once that once that pick six was thrown it was over and everything that we tried to do uh young team pressing uh it just unable to get it done miles garrett looked great miles garrett um i was I, very i was i'm probably more encouraged by the play today than i was even last week because uh, while the numbers were gaudier, I thought that he kind of maybe, um, I don't want to say lucked into, but that first sack that he got last week, he kind of, you know, bowled into two, you know, uh, offensive linemen. It really didn't look like they knew what the hell they were doing. And on the second one, it was more just he, it was a hustle play. But look, now got three sacks um, in, uh, you know, in in two games for, you know, you got feel like uh, you got to feel pretty good about that. And that's the whole point. I mean, other than somebody like him, because he figures to be around. You know, other guys like uh, Joe Thomas. Certainly, you'd love it if a guy like Miles Garrett can uh, have the sort of career Joe Thomas did. <laughs> you know, I mean, has had. Although, unfortunately, it looks like it's going to go for completely for nothing. Um, just, just really disappointed for that guy. For you know, watching all this unfold today. Uh, but whoever it is that you you saw today perform that you 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 know that you like, you know, pick pick players on this team that you like that have performed. Um, understand. Hear me when I say this, okay? Please, because I said it when 
we were doing all this with Petten and Farmer in charge. And this is not for me. I'm not saying this because, you know, I was right, I was right, and I want everybody to know that. No, no, no. That's not, the whole, that's not why I'm bringing this up. I'm saying this to say this is what always happens, okay? So whoever it is that's on this team that you like, um, just that guy is on the block if we, if we blow all this stuff up. If we go into it next year, I, I talked about this a little bit next last week, and I'll, I'll delve into it a bit again today in terms of what our options could be if we decide to um, uh, to to fire Hugh Jackson at the end of the season, um, and they and they're not very good. But if if we do that, and especially as some people are suggesting, you know, if you're if you're all down on everything, like in other in other words, if you think that uh, that that. Uh, Sashi hasn't drafted well. That that Hugh hasn't coached well. That that it's all just you know uh, for nothing and, and needs to be blown the hell up to smithereens and completely all the way done. Well, okay, uh, all right. I, I'm not even going to argue that point with you. But what I am telling you, point blank, you can argue with me if you want to. But the history is the history, and this is what happens. Okay, it's not not a speculation. Look at look it up. Look at look at every time we go through this. What will happen is whoever it is that you like on this team, that guy is on the chopping block if the new guys come in. Because the new guys that come in did not invest in any of the guys that are currently on the roster. You can tell me it doesn't matter. It does. It always does whenever we go through this process. Now, like as I speculated about last week, there's a possibility you could do this if you were to, say, fire Hugh Jackson and then maybe promote Al Saunders. And make him the head coach. Somebody that's already on the team. Somebody that already knows the players. Somebody that is already kind of in the system. Um, but uh, it, it, there's not a, an entire new offensive and defensive philosophy put in all of that nonsense. Which, although, <laughs> I'm, not really, I'm not really loving the, uh, the, the, the defensive scheme. I, I was a huge... Um, I was very, very enthusiastic about uh, Greg Williams when he was brought in, and I really thought that was going to make a big difference for us. No, it's no. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely um, down. I mean, I'm, I think there's been some improvements week to week. I'm not quite as down on that as I am some other aspects of the overall organization. But look, either way, unless it's something like that, I mean, yeah, I sp- like I talked about last week that the, the distinction to uh, Butch Davis brought in. Um, there just is not a I mean if you look at this team a lot of people think that look if you if when you fire the GM what are you saying you are saying that he didn't do a very good job doing his job well it therefore follows that whoever you bring in is not going to really have a whole lot of incentive to keep those players why would they they are after all the byproduct of the lousy GM that you just fired so then, like I say, whoever it is that you like on this team, whoever it is that you think is improving or could improve or might improve, or you know, they're they're all on the block. And okay, if that doesn't matter to you, um, all right, cool. Then if you're good with that, then you should also be good with the fact that we are still if if we if we go with it, if we decide to blow all this up, we are going to be lousy again. I mean, or <laughs> again, still, it's not going to get any better next year. I promise you it's not going to get any better next year it's just going to be a different shade of awful it'll look it'll still be bad it'll just look a different type of bad and you know why do you know why because it's going to be a new system with new people trying to put their new crap in there with a whole bunch of new players that are young and unpolished and the guys that might be a little bit polished going from next year to this or from this year to next year aren't going to be there some of them won't be anyway because they're going to be let go because that's just the way it goes and why wouldn't it you know, if Hugh Jackson is fired, then what you're saying is that what Hugh Jackson was trying to do here wasn't working, so we need somebody to come in here and try to do something different. Well, then, the players that he got specifically to run his types of schemes, they don't really fit the new guy's schemes, don't, do they? This is the thing that happens every single time. And you can tell me that it's just about drafting, and it's just about, well, if we would just get smart guys, just draft good players, as if that's the strategy. As if, you know, all this time, these NFL GMs were just sitting there, and if somebody would have come in and pounded the tables, like, hey, no, hey look, you got to just, look, I know what you're thinking, but you need to draft good players. That's what you need to do. As if, as if they're not trying to do that. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, some people are definitely, you know, better at it than others. But, you know, not really. I mean, when you look at the draft overall, a lot of times, you know, I mean, even the good even the good uh, GMs, um, they still have a lot of screw-ups. I mean, I, it's not really a lottery per se, but, it you know, that there's, there's a lot of luck that's to it, and there's lots of swings and misses. 
And honestly, if we are going to get this worked up over what we have seen out of not even a year out of and a half out of the the building of this roster, that I I don't really know what um, I I don't I don't. I don't know how anybody ever expects us to get good. I, I don't – because if you're going to give up that quickly – and we talked about it before, the three-year rule is a general thing, but it is – you know, it's, it's a general thing for a reason. Three years is a pretty good indicator of whether or not a player is going to be good or bad. It's also the amount of, about, the, about the amount of appropriate time it takes for these guys to develop completely. That's why they coincide. But we never get there. What we do is we draft a guy – and in less than two years, or two years, or um, no, certainly no more than two years, we are moving on to somebody else. It could be less than two years. It could be you know uh, into your first year, but they never go for more than two years in any kind of system. So a player that is drafted by his third year is always, always, always in a different system than the one that he was drafted to play in. And you're going to tell me that that doesn't have an impact? That's every player on our roster going back to 2008 at this point. And you're going to tell me that doesn't have an impact? It does. It absolutely does, and it did the last time. And as sure as I am sitting here talking to you, the team that went out there today and played would have looked better if Mike Pettin and Ray Farmer were still running the show. There's no doubt in my mind. Just by virtue of the fact that what they had going on, bad as it was, they would have gotten better. Pettin would have gotten better as a coach. Farmer would have gotten better as a GM. In fact, in fact, you know, if Penton and Farmer aren't, um, I was thinking about this today, if they would have said, if uh, at the end of uh, 2014, Jimma would have said, all right, hey guys, you really, really, uh, and this is for Larry, unrepentantly defiled the pooch out there, you, you guys, with, with this whole Manziel thing, this Billy Vegas thing put a stain on our organization, and I am out of my mind to even think about giving you guys another chance but I really like Johnny too and I didn't see that coming and if I could have you know gotten his character flaws so wrong you know I can give you guys another shot here but you got to get this quarterback thing and you got to get it taken care of immediately who's to say that for all of you people out there that are that that are um have your have set your own hair on fire over the Carson Wentz deal? Uh, what do you want to bet that we stay put and draft Carson Wentz there at the end of uh, uh, in the 2016 draft? If if Pet Farmer's still there, in other words, what do you want to bet we don't trade down if uh, Farmer and, Pet, and we take Carson Wentz, or we just would have been happy to take as I would have been, you know, for the for the record, not that it ever matters. It doesn't matter that you know what I wanted or what I or predicted and what actually happened. None, none of it ever ever actually matters. That's why I'm not spending a whole lot of talking about how I told everybody so about Hogan. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. The only thing that matters is trying to put together a game plan for success over a long period of time that might work. The one thing that we know that won't work is blowing it up uh, every two years. And um, I, I, like I said, I lost my train of thought there. But if you're upset about uh, Wentz, if we don't fire Petten and Farmer at the end of 2014, and we don't bring in uh, money, first of all, they probably, um, you know, maybe they would have, maybe they, maybe they would have, uh, you know, pulled, uh, an, you know, threw more money at, been able to convince, maybe even use the franchise tag on Mitchell Schwartz. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe they would have done that. Maybe they probably at least would have kept some of those guys. And the team probably would have been better last year for that reason alone. To say nothing of the fact that maybe another year in flip system with Drago in there, you know, looking at the way that, that McCown's playing right now, who's to say we wouldn't have looked better with uh, Petten and Farmer uh, in there than we would have looked last year by blowing everything up? I, I'm putting down some reasons here that it's really hard to argue with. Am I not? But you know what? If, if uh, how did, or I mean, you see what Flip is doing with uh, Wentz right now. We could have had that last year, possibly, had we not blown up. Now again, I'm not saying this because I'm saying you know I was right. We shouldn't have blown up. While that may be true, that's not the point here. The point is we are going to please hear me on this. We are going to be better off two years from now if we stay the course with these guys and let this process ugly. F- but fugly as it is, okay? As bad as it is, as bad as it looks right now, we will be better off two years from now if we stick with this process than we will be 
if we start over again with somebody. Two years' time, we'll be sitting here looking at the same crappy product in the field, complaining about the same stupid BS, and wondering why it never goes right for us when the answer is staring us right in the face. It's because we always start these rebuilds, but we never, we never finish them. We never actually rebuild anything because we never build anything. We always start a process, get two years or less into it and decide okay these guys aren't good enough we need to start which again two years time isn't enough for a for a draft class to fully develop but yet it's enough time it has been enough time we have used it as justification for it to be enough time for us to bail on a regime to put a new regime in place it would seem pretty obvious to me that if you're going to do that there should be some sort of expectation that the next one that comes along should be better but it never is at some point, we just need to stick with a plan. And then, you know, I mean, look, people are talking about 0-16. We're not, I, I, we're not going to go 0-16. I don't know how. I mean, the, the real disappointing thing about today was that Hogan looked so bad. But you just can't go back to Kaiser. Uh, and I don't know what he was going to do about next week. You know, we'll see. But you just, but you can't, um, it, it just, I talked about this uh, on Wednesday. You, it just, it just doesn't work that way. You don't – I mean, your your whole offense needs to buy into the guy that's running it. And when Kaiser is the guy and he's in there and you say, yeah, he's the guy, he's the guy, and say, okay, and they buy into it. But then, you know, you take him out because Hogan is now the guy, so then they got to buy into him. It doesn't work to just go back to the other guy. It just doesn't. That's why it doesn't happen. That's why they didn't pull Hogan today. As bad of a first half as Hogan had, it was it, – which, by the way, was worse than anything Kaiser did all year. This, this is the only thing that I'm going to say about that. Owen B, love you, brother. If you're listening to me, what, what Hogan did today was worse than anything Kaiser has done all year. Worse. Not as bad, worse than anything Kaiser did all year. So for me, you know, I would rather this time, you know, this game today, certainly all the reps for the rest of the season uh, would have been spent on developing a guy that I actually think can become a franchise quarterback, and that is Deshaun Kaiser, against the guy that I don't think uh, can become a franchise quarterback, and that is uh, Kevin Hogan. And yeah, I couldn't quite put my finger on to why uh, it was, but I kind of had my reasons, and I kind of had my thoughts about it, and I kind of sort of hemmed and hawed and put it together. Well, you saw what today? That, that's the reason. Okay, fine. Three-year rules effective on Hogan. You want to put him out there for another year and a half? I'm, there are exceptions to the rule. And it doesn't mean that Hogan can't get better, but what are we talking about here? The whole point of putting Hogan in the game was so that way he could give us a better chance to win. Did it look like that today to you? It looked to me like it probably would be better off for us overall if we would just try to develop one guy instead of the, I mean, the, the it, I mean, the, the horror, it's, it's, like a, it's, a, it's like a combined horror comedy show. <clears throat> You know, there was. Speaking of which, there was a. I, I, I don't want to uh, get get too distracted as I usually do. I was watching a show the other day. Um, my my wife uh, binge watches the the Netflix uh, series whenever uh, she gets interested in one. And one. I think it's called The Good Place. It was basically about uh, uh, this. Uh, Ted Danson is in it, and it's a. Uh, you probably have seen it, but it it it, it it's uh, without getting into it. It basically is a bunch of people that die, and they're they're in the afterlife, and they're being told. Uh, why they were, you know, uh, chosen to go where they went as opposed to going the the other place that they could go. And one of the benefits uh, one, that gives you, like, point totals for life is being loyal to the Cleveland Browns. Like, in this show, it is a it is uh, a, a, a comic uh, piece that being loyal to the, uh, the Cleveland Browns generally makes you a good person and uh, th- thus gives you those sorts of points. I got to say... A day like today, it makes it very, 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 very difficult. Um, I, not to say that my, um, you know, loyalty is waned or, or anything close to it. I'm just saying that it just I can un- I understand people being frustrated, and I understand people saying that, uh, um, you know, they're that they're that they're out, that they're not going to watch anymore, that they're, uh, you know, that they're effectively done with the team. A lot of that I think is bluster. People get mad on game day. I get that. But uh, for me, you know, me personally, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm 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 I am right here where I have always been, and for me, it's you know I I don't I I want the Browns to win. I don't mind if it takes a long time for that to happen. And my problem with the whole Kaiser thing, the, the whole decision, 
understanding the dynamic, at least as much as I think I do, about you know uh, the, the dynamic of uh, NFL uh, rosters and certainly the way that the teams tend to uh, you know operate that it just looked to me like it was a move that looked like so many moves that we've seen in the past where you know guy is struggling so you bring in the backup who shows flashes but ultimately isn't any better hogan looked worse than any example of that that i've seen to this point like i I don't remember a guy coming in and and just defecating all over himself as badly as as hogan did today and this is not me pig piling i wanted hogan to do well today i was hoping that i was going to be wrong and that he was going to come out and just you know uh, surprise everybody and have a big day and the Browns were going to look and by the way if he would have done that we probably would have won this game uh, this is the this is the, the thing about all of this you, you look at the final score and you think you know hey uh, we just uh, you know got we just got it handed to us and all fa- I mean yeah as the game you know eventuated that is of course how it went down but realistically if Hogan gives us you know decent quarterback play um, you know, we don't have the sort of mistakes that cause us to give points. And the defense, while, you know, certainly they gave up their their share of uh, boneheadedness. I mean, Deshaun Watson was not was nothing so spectacular today that we couldn't have overcome all of that with decent quarterback play. And I'm not trying to say that Deshaun Kaiser would have given us decent quarterback play. But, you know, here's the thing. Um, I, I I was pretty sure I was seeing some some steady, you know, improvement there, some some growth, some, you know, he, he was with with week to week yeah it wasn't good and he was still making some bad decisions but you still get better by playing the games you still get better by going out there and do- And I thought I saw the kid getting better you know even if it was maddening watching a lot of the stuff that he was doing good people can disagree about that but did we take a step forward this week I mean I honestly is it and, and while yeah okay it can be said it can reasonably be said that maybe Hogan needs more time but do you is there anything that you've seen so far that suggests that that that's worth? And this is this was really the thing that bothered me the most about making the decision. Is now it does really call into question Hughes' acumen uh, with respect to handling the quarterback position. And while a lot of the things that people complain about with with respect to a coach and uh, what they should be good at, a lot of people com- a lot of times complain about game management and so forth. Like, um, you know, if. Uh, you know the, the the timeouts. You know last week really. Uh, you know it, it, before that that whole sequence on the fourth down play and the the fourth and goal play there. Uh, that that really hacked a lot of people. Like, okay, that was bad, but that ultimately is not really the mark of of a good coach. I think. I mean, I think that thing is overblown in terms of overall success of a team or failure of a team or a coach in particular. A coach's role in all of this. Uh, but but the. You know the the showing support for a young quarterback and then withdrawing it and then uh, having the guy go out there and play as badly as he did today. I mean, it, it's just uh, it it does lead people to bang the drum harder about a replace you know an exit strategy. And to me, I, I'm I'm I, I can listen. I can live with the the possibility that maybe this whole experience was too much for him and that. You know, it, it just it you know, it, it, he just wasn't the guy to administer all of this and put up with. You know, he couldn't be the John McKay that could go through you know zero and twenty six, but then still managed to get the Buccaneers to the uh, NFC Championship game two years later. That actually happened. You know, we were talking about that. You know, a lot of us were um, comparing the original uh, Buccaneer franchise that started in nineteen seventy six. That team went zero and twenty six. And, you know, John McKay, I mean, he's famous for a whole bunch of of quips because what else was he going to do? His team was getting their heads handed to him because they were young and inexperienced and it took them a while to get better, but they did. And then two years later, they were within, within, um, you know, a a couple of uh, field goals from beating the Yams and going to the Super Bowl where they, I mean, they would have gotten the hell knocked out of them by the Steelers, but that's beside the point. They were good. Now, then they, they got bad after that, but that's, you know, that's kind of like when we came back as an expansion team. We were terrible. Then we were okay, and then we got bad after that. But the bad after that wasn't really directed towards the the original direction that the franchise being built in. But nevertheless, all I'm saying is that quick turnarounds can happen, especially when a whole bunch of young talent you know develops uh, at the same time, and that hasn't happened yet. And while today is a game that is you know so disappointing, to me the biggest disappointment was that Hogan didn't come out and uh, and and play well because then at least you could say all right Hugh was seeing something that that you know that I haven't seen because I look at 
I didn't see it. And people were talking about, well, when Hogan comes in, he definitely gives the team a spark. I, you know, I, I saw a guy that was, you know, all right. Um, he was a little bit better at, uh, like, play action and stuff, and he was a little bit better at, at getting the ball out quicker, but I didn't think that he was really playing that much better than Kaiser. But everybody was, you know, seemed to, and then Hugh comes out and, and makes the decision. Okay, well, if Hugh comes out and thinks that he's playing better, then I'm going to give Hugh the nod. But, I mean, then he goes out there and he does pretty much exactly what I would expected would happen if any team actually spent a week preparing for him. And so that's that's what's really disappointing. The rest of the way that the team played, I mean, people talk about the team giving up. I didn't see the team giving up today. The defense especially, it looked like they were fighting the whole time. Mentioned Miles Garrett. Really, I think he, he played a lot more today. He looked a lot better today. Um, I think that from a talent standpoint, there's a lot on the defense to look at and be encouraged about. Scheme-wise, I, yeah, I definitely have a problem with what is going on there with Greg Williams. I'm certainly willing to give it, willing to give it the time um, that it takes to make it work. But, you know, all that's going to be moot, too. You know, here's the thing. If you fire – I mean, what, what do, you, if you, do you fire uh, Hugh Jackson and then keep Greg Williams and keep all of the other coaches on the staff? That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe if you fire Hugh Jackson and promote somebody like Al Saunders, does, you know, maybe does he do that? Does he say, okay, Greg, you're, you're staying on the defense. I'm not going to, um, you know, hire a new um, D coordinator. Um, you know, because if not, you know, if, if you don't do that, and, you know, Greg Williams' defense hasn't been very well. So then what do you do? Do you bring in another guy next year? That would be, what, five defensive uh, schemes in five years? Or four and five or something like that? Is that is, – is that so is that – does that help the defense at all? Does it help the defense if we bring in somebody – I mean, I, I'm not – I mean, the problem when you get into any of these conversations is you say, well, what, has, has such and such performed at a level that you think they deserve – to not um, be canned. And I look at it from the standpoint of whether they deserve it or not. The bottom line is we are not going to be better by replacing the people that are there trying to put this thing together. Especially when at the very beginning of all of this, they said, we're going to do this in kind of a radical fashion. Because every other way that it's been tried hasn't worked. So what we're going to do is we're going to rip this thing down to the studs. We are going to tear it completely apart. Now... It shouldn't take a whole lot to realize that if you're going to do that, it's going to take time. It's going to take quite a bit of time in order to get it right. And obviously, it's it's taken time. It certainly would have accelerated the process if uh, we would have you know landed on the quarterback position. And that's, I think, a lot of the frustration that people have, that no matter what we got out of that Wentz deal, although what we got out of that Wentz deal ultimately turned out to be a whole lot. Uh, but no matter what we got out of that deal, it wasn't worth it because look at the kind of quarterback that Wentz looks like he is turning into versus what we have at the position right now. And I understand if we don't get the quarterback spot, uh, part of this right, then none of the rest of it matters. And as far as uh, you know, where we are right now, <laughs> Hogan is – I'm Mr. Three Years. Okay, I am Mr. Three Years, but I always say three years, but there are exceptions to every rule, and there are exceptions to this rule. And Hogan is an exception to this rule. Hogan is there's no way. There's there's no way. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm closing the book on it. And you can tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, if if I turn out to be wrong, great, cool. Then you can you can you know rub my my nose in it. Whatever. I don't care. But Hogan is not the guy. Never going to be the guy. Is not the guy. So then you go back to well, can Kaiser be the guy? And now at this point, I don't know, and I'm going to be curious uh, if I can, if I can navigate it. I might try to get the uh, press conference again on this week, as we were able to do last week uh, with Hugh Jackson to see what. I, I am curious, you know, what is he going to? Uh, last week, what he said was, well, uh, you know, let's um, let's see what we get with uh, after I see the tape. You know, I can't really get you the. Um, the answer right now whether i'm going to start kaiser or hogan i gotta look at the tape and then he made the announcement a couple of days later well i mean do you need to look at the tape to make a determination for this week i don't you know i'm it's a reasonable question i think and what if he does i mean what if he comes out and says man hogan did you see that guy he was i mean he he was he was i mean (laughs) i you know i i am i'm i'm embarrassed for myself i'm embarrassed for his entire family the way that he played today um, if he if he does that, you know, do you, uh, you know, then what? Do you go back? I mean, do you, do you go back to Ki- how do you go back to Kaiser? You know, after 
how do you go back to Kaiser and and have your, this? The, the the point is about doing this. You know, when you have a young guy and then you bench him for another guy, and then the guy goes out there and doesn't play well, and now you want to try to come back and go back to the original guy, you lose credibility with the team. You lose credibility with the locker room because why should they take you seriously when you have already sold them on two guys that both turned out to be duds, but you're trying to still sell them on one of them? By your own words and actions, by the way, are all of those things true? You're the one that said that Kaiser was going to be the guy. Then you're the guy that said that Kaiser wasn't going to be the guy. And now (laughs) you also said that Hogan could be the guy. (coughs) And now you're saying that uh, if you go back to Kaiser, that Hogan isn't the guy, but then Kaiser is again. How do you do that? I'm saying as a locker room, as a team. And and at some point, and I don't think that we're necessarily, from what I saw today, it didn't look like the team was there. But at some point, yeah, the, the team is going to give up on you when they don't think that, you know, at some point they're going to say, I'm not going to take this seriously. Nobody else seems to be. And I don't think that we're there yet. Uh, but it's it's very, very disconcerting, the uh, the performance today overall. Uh, less than, than uh, 250 yards of total offense. Uh, just, just um, you know, I mean, it, it was, and, and, and ultimately I think that this is a game that with some, some competent, quarterback play the defense i don't think played so poorly that they couldn't have won this game um but you know this is this is the rigors of uh running you know a, a young team but it hurts a little bit more today because at least up until well really up until the the end of the first half last week you could say well <clears throat> i uh yeah it was, it was disappointing and it was a tough day, but at least we were able to get some, you know, crucial development reps in there for our young quarterback. I mean, I, I guess you could say that about today, but I'm, you know, I'm just not. And and look, Kevin, if you if you were listening uh, to the show on Wednesday, I was talking to you then, and um, you know, I told you it was going to be tough, brother. And I'm not I'm not I'm not saying this because I don't like you or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm I would I would be your biggest fan, but I'm just saying it ain't, ain't going to happen. And you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen with Kaiser. But I think that you make it a lot more difficult when, because um, there was no. What did we gain from from this? I guess we got to see first and foremost that there. I, I guess if anything, if you put Kaiser back there for the rest of the year, then you really can say that. Well, we tried that and it didn't work, so no sense in even talking about it again. I guess you can do that. That's. I guess that's something. I don't know. I, I guess is it? <laughs> I guess. I guess it's something. But that's only if we decide now to uh, to go back. Do we, you know, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And I'm not saying that from just from the standpoint of I don't know what I think Hugh is going to do. I honestly don't know what the right move is. And it's not about what I want to happen. What I wanted to happen was for Kaiser to start every game. Us to go 4-12. and 12. Nobody gets blown up at the end of the year, and it's a successful season. Well, you know, one of those and possibly two-thirds of those are already off the table. And so I'm just kind of hanging by a thread here at the last one, which is the most important one of them all, uh, all things considered. But, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I can't say as I really have, um, you know, the, the answer here <laughs> as far as, <clears throat> you know, what, what it is that we should do. All I know is that, uh, Wow, is it already over? I, I was trying to go to the uh, the stream for uh, the Hugh Jackson uh, presser. I don't know; it's kind of difficult to tell here. I might join it. I might jip it here, and if they uh, if they go to it, uh, we got got Greg Williams talking right now. I don't really. I really. I want to hear what Hugh has to say here about um, about the quarterback situation and. That uh, doesn't appear to be available just yet, so we'll so we'll hang tight on that. But I, I am curious uh, to see what the what what he's going. To, but but I'm, what I'm saying is, I don't. I really don't know. I don't know what the answer is here. Uh, I don't know whether it's and and it's it's honestly why I was saying last week that you know the, the, it wouldn't be surprising if they started uh, firing up the truck for uh, for Kessler because Kessler is you know he, honestly. What's 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 going to be the tougher sell? That Kaiser's going to be able to come back in and do it after not being able to do it the the, the first time around, or that Kessler probably could? I don't know. I yeah, I'm not. This is not, I'm not advocating uh, for for uh, Kessler. I'm just saying I, I really don't know what the best option is here. 
I don't really see a whole lot of advantage of going out there and continuing to see if, if uh, I, again, I don't mean I, I hate to slam the door shut after one game, but I don't really see the point of going out out there and and seeing uh, what what Hogan can do with giving more chance. I just don't I just don't see the point. I mean, to me personally, I just don't see the point of doing it. It seems to me like um, like we got you know we, I think we got our our answer here today about about what it would look like if a team actually had to prepare for Kevin Hogan versus Kevin Hogan coming in off the bench and uh, and doing, you know, decently. But, you know, so at that point, I would rather go back to what the what I thought the season was going to be about, and that is, uh, you know, seeing what sort of development we can get into Deshaun Kaiser, have him get the reps, have him get, you know, all of the, the time with the quarterback coach, all that stuff. And you 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 try to develop that immense uh, physical talent, which, by the way, today you know I, <clears throat> I I have not emphasized this, but a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on the old car bash, hitting those uh, tight sideline throws. It Kevin just couldn't do it today. Kaiser can, Kaiser absolutely can, and we all know it. And and it's not again. I'm going. I have no problem saying this. Hogan today did worse than any game Kaiser played in all year. I have no problem saying that. Hogan's performance today was worse. It was the worst quarterback performance of the year by this team. Any game that Kaiser played in to this point this season was better than what Hogan did today. That's the truth. That is... we. I mean, you can debate it with me. You can tell me about it in the article. You can tell me I'm wrong about it. And that's not, again, that's not uh, tit for tat, and that's not, uh, you know, I told you so, I told you so. All it is to say is that if we were going to go out and get our heads kicked in today, I just think it would have been better off for us to continue trying to develop a guy that I think could become an actual quarterback for us versus a guy that just looked so obvious, to me anyway, that it, it was never going to happen. Then again, you know, you know, what do I know? Uh, if, he, if, if, if he gave Hugh a serious, um, you, know, you know, idea that he could, then, you know, rock on. But I hate... I hate being. This is the point. I hate being right about this team, especially lately because I really haven't been very positive about much of anything. I've been kind of, you know, I've, I've been maybe uncharacteristic for me, um, uncharacteristically dour about the situation because it just looked painful. <laughs> it just looked real. I mean, it just looked to me like the most obvious thing. And then, from all intents and purposes, today it 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 looked exactly like how I figured it would look. That he was going to be overmatched, that we were going to be overmatched, and uh, and that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what appeared to happen. And so now, what do you do? Everybody wants this to stop. Everybody, and and that was the thing. People were like, "I don't care. Hogan may not be the answer. I just want to get some wins." Well, I mean, you, are we any closer to that now? And you can. There's people out there that can blame you for this, but there's a lot of people that were thinking that, that a, a lot of the fans out there. There were a lot of people banging the Hogan drum. Okay. And this again, this is not tit for tat to say, you know, you were wrong or, or anything like that. It's just to say that maybe you should just kind of temper your expectations and your expectations. Did I say expectations twice there? I'm, I, I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting weary myself of, uh, of watching and following this team for as long as I have. But I'm just saying maybe, you know, if you expected better at this point, um, I, to, to some extent, I can understand it because I, I was at least expecting that we would be seeing um, steady progress by developing a guy, and that's what we were doing up until last week. And regardless how bad Kaiser looked in that first half last week, I still thought there was thing. And I've, I've gone, yes, I went back and I watched the game multiple times, and even caught a lot of the all twenty-two. Sorry, Darth, if I ran past you there, it's, I'm just talking about the coach's tape there. Um, but I mean, it, and yeah, I'm not saying trying to say that he looked good necessarily, but he didn't look as bad as a lot of people were talking about and then clamoring for. Owen B, by the way, I love you, brother. I like saying I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore about about Hogan. Um, yeah, it, there was a lot of things said this week that I, I think that it would probably be good, for, best for all of us to to um, maybe just be magnanimous, be good to each other, <laughs> try to try to maybe show some contrition. Uh, because the, th- the thing that we all need to realize is we are all really, 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 really frustrated with all of this. We are all scared, sick to death, scared. No, I'm scared. I don't. Know. Somebody was talking about being embarrassed. How can you be embarrassed by this team? How can you 
I don't know how. I mean, at, th- at this point, somebody else you know wrote in there. You know, this is this this is what you get with this team. This is what you, if, if you're going to follow this team, this is what you get. You can you can follow another team. You can get mad at, at the whole situation. But it's not going to get any better. It, it from I will add to that the caveat that yeah, it's definitely not going to get any better if we continue to do what we always do. And of course, I bang that drum all the time. What we do every two years is we blow the whole thing up, and then new guy comes in. Maybe I haven't uh, 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 talked about this in a minute. Here's what we do. We decide that these guys suck, so we bring in new crew. The new crew comes in and says, wow, look at the damage these guys did. And the fans righteously say, yeah, man, those guys were really, 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 really lousy, but you guys look pretty cool. That's right, we are cool. But, you know, we're going to have to uh, give this some time, and we're going to have to uh, undo a lot of the bad things that happened here before. Yeah, no problem, man. You guys take all the time that you need. Cool. I'm glad you understand. And then two years. It never goes more than two years. In Chud's case, it was one year. But in two years, all of that is done. All of that is done, and then what they do... I, I, actually, I skip part, uh, skip past a lot of that. They go in there and they say, okay, the reason that this roster, that this team is in lousy shape is because the roster is in lousy shape, so I'm going to start cutting players that the other guys brought in because they don't fit my scheme. Tell me it doesn't happen. You know that it does. And it manifests itself in all sorts of ways. In our case, directly, it was, hey, if you were a free agent that was up for uh, a contract at the end of 2016, bye bye Actually, at the end of 2015. Uh, they, they didn't. They didn't even. They didn't bring anybody back. I think Jamie Muter might have been the only one, and somebody else. Uh, but that was it. I mean, and it, then the next year, pretty much the same thing. The only guy that they really focused on resigning was Jamie Collins, who they brought in. And yeah, a little bit of, of lip service given to Terrell Pryor. Although I, I should say the lip service I think there was on the part of Pryor and his team. But what I, I'm not it's so not worth. Um, by the way, wide receivers not really the problem today. Uh, wide receivers were fine. You know, all things considered, it was the it was the quarterback play. If we'd have gotten you know some of the quarterback play we'd gotten earlier this year with this type of wide receiver play, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I know it would have been just as bad if Kaiser was there. I know, I know. But the downside is that whatever we have spent on Kaiser, see, I don't know that we really are going to be able to build on that too much uh, later on. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Again, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm inclined to think that maybe the best thing for Hugh to do would be to come out there and say, well. Um, you know, Kevin um, certainly uh, showed a lot of things that we thought he could capitalize on. That obviously wasn't the case. We're going to evaluate, and uh, we'll see. And then just then do the same thing and then say, okay, it was a tough decision last week, but after watching the Texan game, we're going to go back to Kaiser, but this time we're going to stick with him for the rest of the year. I think ultimately that probably would be the best thing, would be to, you know, let it cool down, not say anything about it today, and I'm still trying to find uh, – something about and I don't know maybe it just hasn't been uh posted yet but what what Hugh is going to say about that but yeah let it cool off for today say that you'll make an annou- another announcement and make the announcement and say that you're going to go back to Kaiser and that you are going to commit to him for the rest of the year I think if you did that and then stuck with it if you did that you could I think that is probably the best way to salvage this season and I don't like to use that word uh especially the way that a lot of people um talk about it i mean you salvage the uh, the third game of a, of a baseball series if you lose the first two you know but they could still get a lot of good out of this season if they were to do that i i think that there's no shame i mean <laughs> i mean yeah certainly sure, sure. whether or not there's shame or not there definitely is blame and honestly i mean i'm i'm, I'm definitely not going to be the one to uh, bang the drum to replace anybody and yes i am still 100 percent on you know Hugh Jackson's uh, side here, as far as I absolutely think that we need to keep. Uh, there's no no equivocation on that whatsoever. Having said that, Hugh, you brought all this on yourself. You should have stuck. To, you should have stuck with Kaiser and just let the thing play out. Uh, because this was very very. To me, it was really really easy to see, and maybe it's because this maybe this is one of those situations where it's a forest for the trees thing. And you're right on top of it, and you're right close to the situation. And I'm hanging back, you know, thirty thousand feet, you know, like I always am with it. You know, I've, I've been, I've been following, I've been a part of this team for twenty five years. You've been a part of it for less than two. I get that, you know. So maybe, you know, there's something you didn't see that, you know, that the rest, a lot of the rest of us saw. 
<clears throat> it's all it's all good. I'm, I'm I'm not you know this is not I'm not not trying to come down on you. I mean it's it's understandable. He you know he flashed in the pan. You know Kelly Holcomb did that same thing. People you can, people can be fooled. But I mean there's if you now go back, you pretty much because of that move though, you've kind of put yourself in an untenuous uh, or in a tenuous spot where no matter what you do, it's it's kind of it's, it's kind. Of, I mean if you leave Hogan in there. I mean, come on, man, man to man. What do you think is going to happen? You think that Hogan is going to overcome his deficiencies and improve upon the season and figure out what defenses are throwing at him, and and you know that's that. You think that that's what's going to happen? You know, um, I I, <clears throat> I suppose it could, and then maybe he can uh, blossom into something later on. I think that the the better shot is that you know you you know put Kaiser back in there, let him continue taking his lumps, which weren't really happening literally from the standpoint of he was able to uh, remain upright for the most part he wasn't you know by and large taking a lot of hits and you know all of that so he was just you know making a lot of bad throws which all right yeah i get it there's all sorts of reasons to uh, sit somebody if they're making bad throws that is of course unless you're going to replace somebody that's going to come in come in and make worse throws and guys the interceptions and and just the, the overall quarterbacking today the the throws that a lot of the throws that kevin hogan was making today were i mean they were pitiful y'all it was bad. It was, it was, it was like. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I, I don't want to come down too hard on the guy. You know, I mean, it's, it's. I, I feel bad doing it, but I, like I say, what he did today was worse than anything Kaiser has done all year. So you know, that's that's where I'm at with it. I don't really know. Um, I don't really know what we're going to do. I don't really know what the right answer is. Um, I think that. I think what I want is for us to go back to Kaiser and just stick with him. I think that probably makes the most amount of sense. And come what may, he's the guy. And I think that uh, if you do that, then, you know, originally I think that if you stuck with that, then, yeah, you're going to get your four wins. Now, who knows? Maybe it's only two. And that may or may not be enough to uh, to mollify uh, Jimmy Haslam and keep him from uh, blowing everything up. And if, if that does happen, I would hope that maybe it's only a partial blow up that he only replaces Jackson and not Sashi. And if that's going to happen, well, then I would hope that whoever the replacement is, then maybe it's just, um, you know, it's that, that it's a guy from within, you know, that it's somebody within our, our organization, so we're not doing a total rebuild. So we're not completely redoing all of this all over again. That would be nice. Or possibly, although this never seems to happen, but maybe you bring in a guy that's totally in on the money ball concept, but you just think is a better coach. You know, he's just a guy that can do, you know, better just running the game, and and maybe there's, you know, I, I could I could be behind that when I when I'm when I'm not going to get behind. What I I'm not going to say I'm not going to get behind because what else am I going to do? I have toyed with the idea that if they do that, if they were to fire Sashi, fire Hugh, fire De Podesta, fire everybody after two years, um, that I would probably just walk away from the NFL completely because there just would be no reason, and probably football altogether because I don't really. I mean, college college is okay, but it's it's second fiddle. How oh, about them Buckeyes? You know, they got beat by uh, Oklahoma earlier this year, but they've looked really good the last couple of weeks, and Clemson got beat down. Uh, well, they got beat by Syracuse. That's that's like, that's worse than getting beat down. Uh, the Buckeyes, could, they could be there. They could If they if they went out and win the Big Ten, they could be there. But at any rate, uh, if, if, if at the end of all of this is the door revolving one more time, then I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I really don't know if I can handle that. I don't know if I can handle going through guys going oh yeah yeah the reason is because all these guys suck it's the reason because Corey coleman sucks it's the reason because all these guys when i think that i i really i mean by and large i am very extraordinarily high bullish on these these uh, players that are on the roster right now uh, about about where their their talent can go i think that next year you're gonna see a lot of players if we keep this whole thing together Next year, you're going to see a lot of these players make some pretty substantial jumps, uh, and it's going to seem like a much better team uh, with a whole bunch more talent just because the talent that's on the team is going to be more refined. This isn't really all that difficult of a paradigm to understand, but, you know, we're, we're, we're there. And, you know, plus we're going to add some more guys um, not via free agency, especially the way that the team's playing right now. And gauging what we've gotten from free agency over the years, I don't really care. You know what? We can basically not sign any free agents and just draft uh, you know, whoever it is that we're going to be adding, whatever the roster turnover is going to be next year. And as of this moment, 
I mean, yeah. If we're if we're sitting there as of right now, I think that uh, actually NTN did the uh, actual odds on this. I think that we have something like a fifty eight percent chance of uh, having the number one overall pick, which is pretty good, you know. So with the number one overall pick, yeah, whoever whoever the quarterback is, just take the guy. I, that's where I am right now. Just take the whoever it is, just take him. That's really what I would want to happen. If you're not going to stick with Kaiser, if the Kaiser thing is done, then take whoever it is. That really would be my my fervent hope here. Even though I know that goes against a lot of what we talked about earlier with, you know, having the flexibility to move around, getting guys in the second round while building up the rest of the team and all of that. But I just I, I today, today was today was tough. Last Sunday was tough. Uh, Wednesday was tough. Wednesday was tough for multiple reasons. I mean, everything is good, you know, on, on the home front, family-wise. But you know, watching, watching what looked to me like the basically the the uh, what I thought was the most hopeful part of the entire season, um, basically squelched. And then th- that night, the Indians get taken out by the. I really I hate baseball. <laughs> I should have even brought it up, uh, but it's just it's been a lousy week. It really has been. Other than the Buckeyes have been the the lone bright spot, the rest of it has been has just been terrible. So, you know, on that, <laughs> you know, hey, keep the faith, good people. Um, this is, you know, they're, they're, at this point, um, there's really nothing to say that uh, everything that we have put up with the last two years couldn't be completely abdicated and rendered for nothing if, uh, if everything gets blown up at the end of the year. And right now, the odds look pretty good about that happening. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, um, you know. We'll, uh, I, I, I will try to uh, get a better attitude about things. Um, I, honestly, the reason I didn't write the article this morning was because I just, you know, I, I just had a, ba- I just had a bad feeling about all of this. I had, without knowing that it exactly was going to be like this, I had a feeling that it was going to be like this. I had a feeling it was going to be a, a beatdown. And this one, thirty-three to seventeen, might as well have been one hundred and forty-five to nothing. I mean, that was really what the game was after that. Um, that that pick six uh on honestly that pass okay you know here's how i can say this and i I will uh, close it on this you know i was a guy that was not totally down on whedon um in his second year i was a guy that was saying you know what maybe you know give this guy a shot yeah he's older he should be better than he is right now but you know you need reps yada yada the whole thing until that play against the Lions, and I don't even have to fit it. You know what? You know what play I'm talking about. You you know what play I'm talking about. The one where he just kind of nonchalantly underflips it out there into the flat where it gets picked off, and the game was over. That game was over, and at that point, I said, "Okay, that's it. I'm done with Brandon Whedon. I don't need to see anything else ever again." I'm sorry. I kind of felt the same way about that pass in the flat. 10 feet over Duke's head that end up getting, you know, picked off and run back for a pick six, only to be followed by an almost equally terrible pass on the next possession. Those two passes come together for me as the nail in the Kevin Hogan quarterback project coffin. And uh, and so, you know, there you go. I don't I don't mean to, um, you know, be, be uh, you know, I, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer, you know, and, and I don't mean to be overly critical of the performance of Kevin Hogan. But uh, y'all saw the same thing that I did. And uh, so there you go. Uh, that's a wrap. 33-17, Browns lose, Browns lose, and uh, it doesn't look any better anytime soon. Uh, I am your host, Easy Weave. This is Easy Does It on the DBN Network. Appreciate you being out there. Let us know what you think in the comment section of the article that accompanies these, as well as if you'd like to do your own thing. And as uh, some of you, Larry, you and I, if, if you know some of you guys out there, if you feel like I'm totally off base, you just want to tell me, you know, what you think. Then hey, man, hit me up. Send me an email and tell me why I'm wrong. I may not necessarily respond in uh, a timely fashion because um, I have a lot of things going on, but. But I do read them, and I do try to get back to everybody, and I typically do. So um, I, I always uh, appreciate the feedback. I appreciate you being out there. If you're still with me and you listen to all of this, if you listen to all of this after watching that thing today, then, uh, man, God bless you. That's, uh, that's, that's dedication. The sort of dedication that, uh, that I have, and I don't say that like, um, like, like somehow that's a point in my favor that kind of makes me feel like I'm the nutty one here. Um, but there you go. Have a great one, y'all. We'll talk to you next time. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. 
It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. Like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.